All right, well, let's pray. Father, we come and we praise you and thank you for who you are. Lord, this morning, we ask that you would again settle our hearts, prepare our hearts to hear the word of God. We praise you that you, O Lord, want to speak. Lord, you know where we're at. You know all the circumstances of our lives. You know our ages. You know our our troubles. You know our joys. Oh, Lord, we come and thank you that by your spirit, you are able to meet the deepest need in us. And uh, not just at one point, but continually, even as we heard last night. And we commit ourselves to you now in Jesus name. Amen. This is all all we're going to do this morning is really more of a shorter devotional. And uh, I would also like to I'm going to try to leave some time at the end. I thought it was really nice to be able to pray together. And so we'll do that as the response um, this morning. We'll, we'll just pray in twos. And uh, if you know the person, you can perhaps be a little bit more personal. If you don't know them, you can be a little bit more general. But just a time to respond uh, to the Word of God and the God of the Word. So Psalm 55 is where we're going to be. And probably the most uh, well-known verse in Psalm 55 is verse 22. Um, so... We'll read that verse just to get us going here and um, begin our our time in in the psalm as a whole. But Psalm 55, verse 22. I'm just getting my ESV Bible out here, sorry. Cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Cast your burden on the Lord and He will sustain you. This psalm, this verse has been much on my heart over the the weeks. And then when, you know, I was thinking, Lord, you want me to share on this? And uh, when I heard uh, Don's message last night, I was greatly encouraged to to um, do so. Uh, and as I was preparing, I was focusing much more on the burden the casting of the burden. And uh, at some point, I was reminded, I feel like the Lord just put it on me that focus on the Lord. And uh, that's the Christian life. And so I've entitled this short devotional, The Sustaining God. He will sustain you, the sustaining God. We've got to end with the Lord. I always tell the students, we've got to start with the Lord in the morning and you've got to end with the Lord. Um Sometimes we get too focused on our burden, and I'm not making light of that, but we have to end with the Lord. We heard that last night, the sustaining God, and and that's kind of where we want to go this morning with um, our short devotional. Psalm 55, uh, in the beginning here, I just want to um, really give an overview of the psalm. This psalm is an outcry of David. It's a prayer. It's an outcry of a man. So he's crying out. And he's in a difficult place. David has been, as you read through the psalm, there's 23 verses, he has been cruelly betrayed, and he's been cruelly betrayed even by a close friend. So this is this makes it even more difficult. He has absolutely been betrayed, but it's by a very close friend that he um, is basically stunned that this has happened. And this creates to him a great burden. And this burden is not just great, but it's very weighty. It, it, it lays upon him. Uh, and it causes him 
to respond in certain ways. So that's the overview of the psalm. Uh, the outline could be something like this. The first eight verses, we see his response to this, and it's fear. He's afraid of it. He wants to get away from it. He doesn't want to think about it. He just wants to fly away and not even think about this. So there's this fear that is in him in the first eight verses. And as he goes through that, he's honest with his cry out to God in, in regards to this. And uh, we'll, we'll come back to that point in a moment. Secondly, verses 9 to 15, so seven verses there, we see a response of fury. He gets angry. Uh, he gets overly frustrated and, and uh, seeks vengeance. And, and uh, this is not right. And his response is one of, you know, just anger and, and uh, there's almost resentment coming out within him. And I think we can identify to those things. And then thirdly, though, verses 16 to 23, another eight verses here, we see this response of faith. Uh, as he cries out to the Lord in fear, as he cries out to the Lord in, in fury and frustration, wanting justice, because it's unfair what is happening, he begins to respond in faith. And this is a wonderful thing. And the key verse that we've talked about already, cast your burden on the Lord for he will sustain you, falls into this response of faith. Eventually, his prayer leads him to the Lord in faith. That's the outline. Now, this is probably not the best uh, way, but I, I've never taken the third year at EI, so I don't know how to preach. So um, I'm going to give you the conclusion. Um, probably I'll be told afterwards, you really should do the third year. Uh, and I really should, but I don't think I'm going to be able to. But the psalm leads us to the revelation. This is where the psalm takes us, this response of faith. The psalm... As David prays to the Lord, it leads us to the revelation or the revealing or the understanding of how our fellowship with God, our close fellowship, our drawing close to the sustaining God, ultimately leads us to the victory of faith. And we'll explore that. And that's kind of where we want to go. Ultimately, it leads us to this place that what is precious, as we heard last night, just, you know, when, Don, when you shared that, what is precious to God is our faith, even more than gold is to us. The Lord is looking for faith on this earth. Faith is so precious to God. Our faith in Him is so precious. And this, this psalm leads us through fear, wanting to fly away, wanting to not think about it, to, to anger and uh, fury, perhaps, and a desire for justice and uh, to fellowship with God. Which ends ultimately in faith in God, this victory of faith. So that's kind of where we want to go. So I gave you the end uh, right there. So let's think about this first response. And, and we're not going to uh, be able to read through the whole psalm and undo all the verses. This is a, just a short devotional, but to sum up the first response, this fear, this verses 1 to 8, you could say this. David makes an appeal to God uh, out of fear. That's supposed to be out of fear. Out of fear, trembling, trouble, and even uses the word horror. And then David says, oh, that I would fly away, that I could get away from this. Let's look at 
Psalm uh, 55. I, I, I like the psalm because David is absolutely honest with God. The Lord lets us see into the heart of David's prayer. Uh, he's not perfect in his approach and his faith, but he, he struggles through it and gets there. One of the things that strikes me um, as I meet people and get to know people and hear of people is such great burdens on people. Such great difficulties. I thought last night, Don, when you shared about going to your minivan and, and over and over, I thought, wow, what a great illustration. I'm going to use that illustration this morning. Um, but I thought it's just so good to, because that's, where do we go? How long do we stay there? The burden doesn't go away. And, and this is the, the thing I, I, I really want to get across this morning. Um, this victory of faith is sometimes, many a time, the Lord leaves a burden on us. And it never is going to go away. But you and I have to know the joy of the Lord in the midst of that. We have to carry on. You'll note in, 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 in the key statement, the key verse here, when David cries out to the Lord at the end, cast your burden on the Lord, the Lord doesn't take the burden away. He sustains him with it. Very often, that's the Christian life. I, recently, I, I heard of a, a fairly famous preacher and... Um, he just has such a joy in the Lord and continues on and just under really difficult circumstances. And uh, you would never know it. Surely the burdens are there. But he preaches on, pointing people to the Lord over and over and over again. Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, the reality is some burdens do get lifted. I, I thought of uh, Don's illustration last night. At times, I'm, obviously, a job opened up and the burden was lifted. And that does happen. But surely there are many burdens that you know will never go away. The Lord has given you to carry that you might prove the Lord. You might see the victory of your faith. That you might see that He is the sustaining God for faith. He's so precious to Him. I'm just trying to be a little bit real here because sometimes we can have false concepts that um, if I give all of this to the Lord, surely I won't carry it anymore. I won't think about it when I wake up in the morning. No, you will. Some burdens the Lord will leave there. Some difficulties that you might prove the Lord, but He's always enough. So this first response, uh, which is normally, I'm not saying this is the pattern for us, but it can be this response of fear. And I'm just going to read a few verses here from Psalm 55. Give ear, verse 1, to my prayer, O God, and hide me, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint, and I moan because of the noise of the enemy, because of the oppression uh, of the wicked. Verse 4, my heart is in anguish within me. Verse 5, fear and trembling come upon me and, and horror even overwhelms me. Listen to the, the emotion uh, as David recounts this before the Lord. 
Verse 6, Oh, I say, if I had wings like a dove, I would fly away, and then I'd be at rest. I could just get away from it. And then I would be at rest. But we have to find rest in the midst of the burden. That's the testimony that glorifies God. It's a great test of our faith. I'm not going to spend more time there, just give you a brief illustration of which I share often with the students, actually takes place in Texas, Don, Texas. I don't think it was San Antonio, but it was Texas. Uh, went to see uh, his friend who had a big sheep farm and uh, sitting there and they were out at night, fire going. All the sheep were in the pen. They had these uh, little uh, collars on with bells. They're sitting there and I'm not going to get the students to uh, illustrate this, but in the distance, they, they, they heard some wolves and coyotes. The students aren't very good at doing those, nor am I, but anyway. Um, and, and suddenly, all those bells on those sheep went, and, and the fire was there, and the man was sitting next to the farmer, and what he noted straight off was, as he looked, and the, the fire gave him enough light, all those sheep, Turn to the shepherd. None of them turn to the noise. None of them turn to the trouble. And as dumb as sheep are, maybe they're not as dumb as us. They all turn to the shepherd. They looked away. Fear is when we're caught up with the burden and we're looking at it. We want to get away from it because we're, we're, we're fixed on it. But the sheep... When they heard the danger, when they heard the difficulty, they all immediately looked at the shepherd. I note that we have three goats, and sometimes, not recently, but sometimes there might be coyotes around. You go outside, you shine the flashlight, and the goats, they're not looking out there. They're looking to the house. It's amazing. Um, They know where their help comes from. Secondly, His second response here in verses 9 through 15, and it doesn't work out perfectly, the outline, but it's, it's good enough. The troubled heart then, realizing it cannot get away from this difficulty, then moves into fury. It just, the, this is not right. This is wrong. This shouldn't be happening. I don't deserve this. This is, this is, uh, surely the Lord knows this. Surely He is going to, and, uh, release me from it, and we, we get, um, self-indignant and, and uh, we, we uh, see the meanness of the foe and, and anger arises up within David and he cries out, even cries out for vengeance. This is not right. Lord, deal with it. Deal with them. Um, and again, we may not respond so strongly, but I'm sure you have and I know I have sometimes burdens and it makes us angry. We want to deal with it. And instead of really looking out at the difficulty, we're looking within. We want justice. We want rightness. This isn't good. I have served the Lord. I have sacrificed. Oh, Lord, take vengeance. And, and this is a second clear response in the psalm with David as he works this through with the Lord. And I think we can all identify with that. We'll look at some of the verses Destroy, verse 9, O Lord, divide their tongues. I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on its walls and iniquity and trouble are within it. 
He goes on, verse 12, for it is not an enemy who taunts me. And we begin to get some identity of what's happening here. Then I could bear it, he says. It is not an adversary who deals with me. Then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend, someone he knows. We used to have, verse 14, sweet counsel together within God's house. We walked in the throng. And, and so on. And, and, and he's devastated. And he's angry. And he, he seeks for some kind of justice in this. But that still doesn't deal with the problem. That still doesn't um, alleviate the burden and the heaviness of it all. Final response. Third response is faith. 16 to 23. Finally, he appeals to God. The wrong is still no less. The wrong is still there. It's still not right what's happened, but he's appealing now to God himself. Yet the burden is to be cast. This, this burden that he has is to be cast on the Lord who will be the one to sustain David, to meet him. Now, surely in this example, the burden will eventually go away at some point. But the principle remains the same. We have to cast all of our burdens on Him and He will sustain us. He will meet us in it. Hudson Taylor, um, last night uh, in the beginning when we had the time of prayer, we, we were encouraged to drink of deeply of the living water. Hudson Taylor, many of you know him, while he was in his early 30s, he lost his first wife, Maria, and he lost three children. And he wrote some letters that have been kept and have been put into his uh, biography. And uh, he just speaks of the difficulty of that day. Those months, those years. And he, he puts it this way. I had to develop a continuous habit of the soul. A continuous habit of the soul. For my heart ached. My burden was heavy. But the Lord had to be enough. I had to develop a continuous habit of the soul. What was it? He went on to talk in his letter. He says to drink deeply. And to drink continually. Of the refreshing living water of the Lord Jesus Christ. To drink deeply and continually. Of the refreshing living water of Christ. He would say. One coming. One drinking. May refresh. Absolutely. It may refresh. It may even comfort you. One drinking. One coming. May refresh. It may comfort. But. We are to be ever coming. Ever drinking. If the Lord leaves that burden. With us. We must be ever coming, ever drinking. And he said, I had to learn a continuous habit of my soul to come and drink deeply and continually the refreshing living water of Christ. Another illustration from Philip Keller. The first one was from Philip Keller. You know, the lessons of a sheepdog and uh, Psalm 23. He gives this illustration of a good shepherd comes early to the pen while it is still fresh and there is dew on the grass. And he lets his sheep out. He leads them to a pasture. And they eat 
and they drink. There's enough dew on the grass for them to be refreshed and to drink. And they won't need to drink from any other water source the rest of the day. He says a poor shepherd waits because he's not thinking of the sheep. He's thinking of sleeping and he'll come out when he's ready and the water is not there. The grass is there, but the dew is gone. It's been dried up. Think about your times in the morning. I was thinking about that illustration last night when we heard about the minivan. Come, eat and drink. Some people would say to Philip Keller, I've noticed that my sheep never drink the water in the water trough for days and days. And he said, well, do you take them out early in the morning? And he said, I do. He said, they're getting enough water with the dew on the grass. Again, faith, it leads us to the Lord, this continual drinking of the Lord. We come to this verse again, the key verse, cast your burden on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Think about that. Again, I want to kind of put it before us. Cast your burden on the Lord and it will go away. It doesn't say that. Yeah, go away. It doesn't go away, all right. Cast your burden on the Lord. And He will sustain you. He will keep you. He will meet you. What does that mean? Um, to cast the burden upon the Lord is not to be rid of it. Not to get rid of it. It doesn't make it go away. It doesn't evaporate. It doesn't... Um, have no effect on you. But to cast your burden upon the Lord is to find one who carries and sustains the burden bearer. I want you to think about that for a minute. To cast it onto the Lord, to cast that burden on Him, is not to be rid of it. Because you know, I mean, let's be honest, you know, I know, there's some burdens. You bring it to the Lord, and the next morning, the next day, it's there. It's maybe one of the first things you think about when you wake up in the morning. It's not to be rid of it, but it is to find one. It's to find the one who carries and sustains the burden bearer. And so the burden also, and that in fellowship of love, might, and faith. That's a quote from Campbell Morgan. And that in fellowship of love, might, and faith. He enables you. He keeps you. He sustains the burden bearer. I want to think of an example of Paul in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 7-9 we can read in a moment, and 16-18 to we'll read in a moment, but I want to give you this statement. The burdens were not taken away from Paul. We heard last night uh, as well where Paul cried out to the Lord, O Lord, take this thorn away. And three times he pleaded with the Lord, and the Lord's answer was, My grace is sufficient for you. There's, there's a good example. The burdens are not taken away, but Paul was sustained. And so in being sustained, he was made strong in fellowship and in service with his God. This is really important, these two sides. He was made strong in fellowship with his God. He knew his God deeper. 
But he had to continue to serve and be strengthened in that with the Lord. Paul's a wonderful example to us. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we'll read just some of these and I think you'll see a good, clear connection. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7 says this, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Verse 8, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. We could read on, but we'll jump to verse 16. His conclusion, so we do not lose heart. Oh, the Lord doesn't want us to lose heart. He wants us to find Him. He says, so we do not lose heart, though our outward nature is wasting away. Our inward nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. At times, that's hard to comprehend. That's hard to accept. But when we understand the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God spending time in these passages, surely it begins to make impact in our minds. For this slight momentary affliction, verse 17, is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all uh, comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen. Remember those sheep? Not to the things that are seen. Don't focus on your burden. I mean, I'm not saying that we have to be unrealistic. But to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. But the things that are unseen are eternal. Now again, I'm not saying this deals with all the pain and, and, and the difficulty and, 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 and the struggle. But it gives us hope. We know where we should go. Perhaps Psalm 55, we, we, we move through the fear and we're in the, you know, we're just frustrated about everything and at one point, we touch the Lord in faith and we end up just frustrated. And you know, there can be a little, there's movement. But we know where we need to go. Cast your burden on the Lord. That's what He says. And He will sustain you. He will meet you in it. Tremendous words here of the Apostle Paul. He had much put on him. But he knew the joy of the Lord. His hope was the Lord. I just want to remind, uh, uh, remind you of this. Again, this is, these are the verses that uh, were quoted last night. And this is something that to me is, is, is helpful to realize what God is after. What God is doing. What is important to God. There, there's some wonderful verses in the New Testament in what it means to please God. When I became a parent, um, I learned and am learning a lot about um, the Father heart of God. One of the things that struck me early on was seeing my kids being nice to another kid. I remember specifically a moment when one of them, one of the kids that were over at our house fell down and they, 
And then one of my kids came running up and tried to comfort them. They didn't know I'm looking out the window, but I was well pleased. Oh, thank you, Lord. That didn't make them more my child. But I was well pleased. What pleases God, what is precious to God is our faith. So let's read these verses in 1 Peter 1. And we could go further. We could go previous. Oh, I'm just jumping in here. He says this, in this you rejoice. That now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. That's strong language there. For a little while, you have been grieved by various trials, different kinds of trials and difficulties. Why? What is, what is the Lord after? What is the Lord doing? Is He in control? Does He care? So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious or of greater worth, some versions say, than gold that perishes. And that gold, as we heard last night as well, is that which is valuable to man. That is not valuable to God. More precious than gold that perishes is tested by fire. May be found to result, listen to this, in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is what God is after. I want us to respond and come back to this key verse in Psalm 55. And I want us to spend a little bit of time praying two by two. Um, and then I'll close us in prayer. And I want us to, if you know the person and you're comfortable, you can pray more. Let's not share our burdens. Let's just pray. If you, and you know the person and you know the burden, you can be a little bit more perhaps descriptive in your prayer to the Lord. If you don't know them, you can be somewhat general. But I know that we all have burdens for the Lord will put them before us. He will put them on us because He wants you and I to know Him as the sustaining God. He wants us to prove the Lord. He wants us to know deeper fellowship with Him, deeper service with Him. He's not unkind. He's not playing games. But this is how faith grows within us in that sense this is how we see who the lord is in a deeper way and we heard much of that last night i'll leave the verse up here like we did last night cast your burden throw it onto the lord this word burdens interesting word i'm no hebrew scholar or greek scholar or english scholar actually um but the word burden it's the first time and only time this hebrew word is used in the old testament I thought, wow, that's, that's really good. Ah, man, that's gonna, that's gonna impress everyone. Let me, let me see what that means. Um, hold on, I have to find my notes here. Where did I write it down? What does that mean? Oh, here they are. No, they don't. I don't even know what it, but anyway, my, my point here is that, that there wasn't much on what that meant. Here they are. I printed it all out and, and it simply says this. Burden. So that was helpful. Oh. 
lot. That which is given. So that helped me a little bit. That which is given. God is not unaware. I'm not saying God gives us these things, but this is our lot. And the Lord knows it. He's a good father. He's much better than the best human father ever can be. And he wants us to cast it onto him. Some versions use the word upon the Lord. And then he promises that he will sustain you. He will meet you in it. He will nourish you. The word sustain here, I looked it up as well and I didn't get, I got a little bit more help on that one. Um, to support and to nourish you. To sustain you. To meet you. That your faith might be tested, proved genuine, which is precious to the Lord. So let's take a moment. We'll take a few minutes here, two by two. And again, if you know the person and you can be more descriptive, wonderful. If you don't, be general. But actually cast afresh. You may have already done it today. But end with the Lord. Know that He will sustain you. Know that He is the sustaining one. End with the Lord. I have to end with the Lord. He knows, but I must end with the Lord. So let's pray. Father, we come and we thank You, O Lord, that we can cast our burdens onto You. O Lord, we, we're so apt and so good at just taking them back up again. <clears throat> And forgetting that you are the God who sustains, who will support and who will nourish in the midst of it. Oh Lord, forgive us when we allow anxiousness and fear to overwhelm us and we respond in such a way, forgetting that you are in good control and that you are sovereign and that you are working out your purposes, even when they seem unclear to us. Thank You, Lord, that You are a God who forgives when we get frustrated and angry and, and we want revenge or we get resentful. Oh, Lord, forgive us how easily that can dominate us. And, and uh, oh, Lord, all the while You want us to come to You and You want us to cast our burdens upon You and you promise that you will sustain us, whether it be once a day, ten times a day. Oh, Lord, that we might know the joy of the Lord, that we might press on, we might have deeper fellowship with you, and that we might have good service, do the good works that you have prepared for us. Oh, Lord, you know how these things can beat us down. And we come this morning afresh. Oh Lord, may we daily eat and drink of that which You have provided. You open the way that we might come to You. Oh Lord, we pray that uh, You would work this weekend. Lord, You know many are carrying great burdens and difficulties. 
And they don't just evaporate and vanish. Oh, Lord, you meet us, you sustain us with them. That it all might end in the praise and the glory and the honor of the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. May you be the beginning, may you be the end in our lives. And we come and continue to trust our day to you now in Jesus' name. Amen.